Okay, everyone, welcome. Welcome to the forum today. So uh, a couple of, if you could tell my voice is, it's been gone. Like I lost it three days ago. People were like, aren't you worried you have a forum? And I was like, nah, you know what? As much as the Lord wants me to speak, he's going to give me to speak, and that's it. So I wasn't worried about it. I'm not worried about it. Uh, But if you would pray with me and for me, I would appreciate it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father and our Lord God, we thank you so much for this beautiful week that we've had at camp. We thank you so much, Lord, that your grace is sufficient for us. Thank you for blessing us as this fellowship that we have, this, these beautiful relationships that are founded upon the, the sacrifice and the glorious work of salvation that your son Jesus did on the cross for us. And we pray, Father, as we've gathered in this place, that your Holy Spirit would be working in our midst, that you would give me the strength and the grace to be able to speak and share, Lord, some truths that we need to face So please work in all of our hearts and help us to bring you more honor and glory than we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this forum has an interesting title, doesn't it? When Woke Mindsets Invade the Pews. It's intentionally a little inflammatory. So uh, did anybody actually, who here came to this forum like ready to fight, like ready to throw down? Anyone? Okay, Adrian's, thank you. Okay. Well, good. You're going to fight, but you don't know who you're going to fight yet. So we're going to get there. Okay. All right, I got to start with the disclaimer. So uh, obviously by the nature of this forum, it's not intended for children. And there shouldn't really be any children. I mean, I don't think this little guy is going to know what we're talking about here. But since this forum is recorded, uh, I just if you're listening from home and you have little children in the room, we are going to be talking about things that are pretty sensitive. Uh, some topics are going to come up that are going to pertain to racial issues, that are going to pertain to LGBTQ issues, they're going to uh, pertain to you know, feminist issues and things of that nature. So just a disclaimer for anybody who's going to be listening later down the weeks and months, uh, you might want to find a different time and place. And also, I'm going to extend this disclaimer to anybody here who's particularly sensitive about some of these issues. If this isn't the form of forum for you and you would like to go to another one, feel free. I will not be offended. I want everyone to be at peace. All right, so we're going to start. This is the shortest forum you've ever attended. We're already at the conclusion. Okay, we're almost out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Steve Gruich, my wife's grandfather, once said that the best sermon or message is like a sandwich. There's a bread on both sides and very little in between. You know, I like, I like my sandwich to have like some thick substance, some meat and cheese to the center of it. But this is our first slice of bread. And the reason is because as I was walking through this forum, I realized that if I don't give you the end first it's going to be really difficult to follow along. It's going to be a little bit of a slog. But if we start with the end in mind, I think the whole thing is going to make more sense. So this is the destination. This is where we're headed, okay? This is literally the summary. You could leave after this slide, and you will have everything this forum basically has to offer you. So the thinking in this world is fluid, just like gender is fluid, sexual orientation is fluid, everything about you is fluid. That's the thinking in this world. It's fluid. It's always changing, right? An example of this would be some of the woke issues that we're going to kind of look at today. Now, we believers can be, and sometimes are, influenced with this way of thinking. Maybe not in the same topics, but this way of thinking is what we can be influenced by. So the conclusion, we must anchor our mindsets onto the Word of God, which is true, it's eternal, it's not fluid, it does not change, and this can only be accomplished by putting on the mind of Christ. This is the, this is the destination. But... Here is the journey. So here's kind of an overview of where we're going to go in today's presentation. 
I'm going to be honest with you, along the way, we're going to hit some pretty ugly stops, okay? On our way to our destination, we're going to see some pretty ugly things. But what we're going to do is we're going to cover what is meant by woke mindsets in the the forum title, When Woke Mindsets. What does that mean? Maybe you've already inferred that meaning. You might be right, you might be wrong. We're going to look at what that means. What are some examples and consequences of woke mindsets? Where else do we see these mindsets at work? How can we identify and how should we address them? And then some concluding comments. So just stick with me through, through some of the ugliness, and, I, and we're going to reach the promised land, okay? All right. What is, what is meant by woke mindsets? Well, we're going to start with that first word, woke. So the, that word actually has its origin in African-American vernacular, meaning alert to racial prejudice and discrimination prior to the civil rights movement. So that's where that word first came from. You may not know that. You may have heard it in a more contemporary context, but that's where it comes from. And so in some respect, I hope that each and every one of us who are believers in Christ are woke to some degree, right? I mean, Scripture is very clear about that there is no place for racial discrimination in the kingdom of God. So that's where it had its original meaning. But... It has since been expanded. It's been hijacked by other movements. The meaning of it has been hijacked by critics, and it's kind of become this morphing term, which now kind of means, in its contemporary use, awareness of general systemic injustices and prejudices, especially those involving the treatment of ethnic, racial, or sexual minorities. So throughout this presentation, the the version of this definition we're going to be using is the contemporary one. So just to be clear about that, what do we mean by woke? We mean the contemporary um, definition. Okay, what do we mean by mindsets? Well, there are a lot of different, there are a lot of different issues that you and I might think of as woke issues, right? So if you're looking up here at these four general logos, without words, just with showing of hands, who here has ever had a discussion with someone else pertaining one of these issues? Raise your hand. Okay, so that's almost everybody. It's like a solid 90%. Okay, so here's the thing. We're actually not talking about any of these issues today. You're, that probably shocks you. You're like, wait a minute. I came into a forum to talk about woke issues. I'm ready to throw down. We're not talking about any of these issues. And I'm going to give you a disclaimer. If you want to make a comment and you are talking specifically about one of these issues, I'm going to graciously but very firmly kind of shut you down. That's going to go the wrong direction. We're not talking about these issues. Well, what are we talking about? Why am I even here? Well, I'm going to, we're going to go through that right here. We're here to talk about how, we th- how people think. This forum is actually about how you and I think. It's not about what we think. It's about how we think. So when the, think about that in the title, when woke mindsets invade the church, well, what is a woke mindset? It's how somebody thinks who supports some of these different issues. How do they think? How did they get to that conclusion? Why do they think differently than you and I? This is what we're focusing on. We're focusing on the mindset. We're focusing on the way of thinking. Does everybody follow me? Okay. This is a little abstract, but remember, we're going to get there. So I need your help. I want everybody here to put on your detective hat, okay? And you're going to be my thought detectives. I spent, please, please sympathize with me, okay? I spent hours and hours listening, listening to and watching YouTube videos on discussions and debates about all kinds of woke issues. I mean, it was so much that at some point I just wanted to like bash my head into something, okay? 
And I did that so I can extract seven minutes. You have seven minutes as thought detectives. I have, I have a bunch of segments that are going to roll right into each other. It's going to be quick. You don't have a lot of context, but you're not thinking about the issue. You as thought detectives are looking for how is this person thinking, okay? I want you to focus on that because afterwards you're going to help me identify the characteristics of a woke mindset, all right? You ready? Okay, buckle up. What you're about to see, by the way, just as really quick, what you're about to see may surprise you. It may be shocking, especially if you, if you don't really watch the news a lot or you don't follow some of these discourse. It may be a little jarring, especially if you're sensitive. You're going to see things that could be offensive. They're not intended to be offensive. Don't be offended. Look at the minds at play in the course of the conversations. That's what we're going for. I chose literally the worst of the worst people and what I mean by that is, like, the most egregious examples of, of, of woke mindsets to demonstrate a point. There are people who probably think much better on these issues. Just to be fair, I didn't choose those people, all right? This is curated. Mickey put this video together, all right? Okay, thought detectives, here we go. Pay attention. We're going to have homework after. Mr. Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a, it's, we can it's recognize a that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic. There's a chart in the book. You actually publish it twice for emphasis. You call it a, a catechism of contradictions. Um, I'll read one of them that I circled. If you're white and date only white people, you're a racist. But if you're white and date a black person, you are, if only deep down, exotifying an other. What's going on there? Explain that to me as it relates to your thesis. Yeah, I want people to stop saying that you can say both of those things and that it's somehow deep or complicated, that there's something called the race thing that you have to study the way you have to study quantum physics. It's not complicated, but it's also not fair. Both of those statements are designed for people to show that they know racism exists or can exist. And if that's the one thing you're devoted to, then you can say both of those completely co contradictory things and feel like you're doing some kind of job. But if the two things cancel each other out, then the problem is, no matter how noble you feel, those things don't make any sense. It's got to be one or the other or, you know, maybe neither. But the idea that you can date a black person and you're a racist or not date a black person and you're a racist makes no sense. And the catechism is another nine things like that. Take all those things together. And it's why we say that talking about race is complicated when often the way we're encouraged to talk about it doesn't make any sense. I want our race conversations to make sense. Personally, I think because you're a man, you shouldn't have any words in okay. this situation. Let me, let me ask you a question. Um, are you affected? You're saying because I'm a man, I'm not affected by abortion. I shouldn't have an opinion on it? Pretty much. Okay. So are you affected in any way by the war in Ukraine? I don't know enough about that information. Okay. Are, you affected, are you affected in any way by the Holocaust? 
Not personally, I'm not Jewish. Do you think the Holocaust is bad? I do. So you have an opinion on something that doesn't directly affect you, right? Yeah, but you're talking about affecting women's Freshman bodies. communications major Jonathan Thomas is one of two dozen Cal State LA students at the heart of what's become a national debate. Campus housing created specifically for black students. For people to be able to come home at night and not have to feel like they're being interrogated, for people to come home and just feel like they can be themselves and be free. Thomas says despite the headlines exploding, it's not segregation. I think that's like a really loaded word, and even I'm using it, but it's not segregated, not at all. The Halisi Scholars Black Living Learning Community was created for this fall semester following a long list of demands from the Black Student Support. Union. But in terms of the science behind gender uh, dysphoria, you, you're very familiar with that, Zoe. Very it's a, familiar. It's not about the chromosome. Excuse me, the chromosomes within we our both know nuclei. The yeah, chromosomes don't necessarily mean you're male or female. Gender. With gender, gender identity. Go ahead. No, so. Especially, but even so, you have a thing like Kleinfelter's syndrome. So you don't know what you're talking about. You're not educated on genetics. Would you like to discuss the genetics? Or well, no? Well, no, what no. are your genetics? So I'd stay away from the genetics and back to the brain scans. You cut that out now, or you'll go home in an ambulance. Yeah, that seems mildly inappropriate for a political discussion. No, I know. Well, yeah. but wait. To be fair, but to be, no, but but to be fair, wait. But to be fair, you are, but to be fair, you're actually being hey guys, rude. You're and that, no, 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 and that's no, no, no. not fair. I'm sorry. It's not rude to say that someone who is biologically a male a is a male. You just someone who is biologically male is a male. But Mr. So. Shapiro, you know, you knew very well that what saying that to Zoe would be. Would be egregiously insulted. It's true that Asians, right, on average, make more money, better test scores, get into better colleges, all that stuff. I think the question is, why is that? And I don't know, model minority, whatever that label wants That's to That's actually mean, a not, myth because not, we cannot be... Um, well, no, listen. Well, let me finish my point. We need to observe what makes people successful and unsuccessful. And I think when you look at trends that are generally true in the Asian community, not of everyone, but are generally true, usually you have families that are sticking together. You have people are taught to work hard in school, not get into trouble. I think that translates to why Asians on mass are successful. And I don't think you have to be Asian or white for that matter to not have kids out of wedlock, not, you know, commit crime, what? not not cause trouble, what whatever happening? it is. It's just a matter of like, well, common sense. That's what makes people successful. And if that's so-called assimilation, having a nuclear family, buying a house, going to school, whatever it is, then yeah, okay, call me a pro-assimilation then. I think there's oh a difference God. between assimilation. This is a party that says we believe in parents' rights. Mm. You're telling me that as a parent, I don't, I'm not smart enough to decide if my child and I need to have gender affirming. Our uh, doctors are not involved. The, what is going, so I can't, my, I can't decide what my kid reads. I can't decide yep. for my child what my child says is going on. Yep. You're telling me your beliefs, your, and they keep saying it, and I keep saying, what Bible are you reading? Yeah. Because God was really clear. Very clear. So, John Fredericks. Uh, the reality is that these racist, xenophobic views are one of the most consistent opinions that this president has. Well, Don, it's not about race, as you like to make it, because that's easy and lazy. It's about economics. My comment back to Maria is your children are going to have a much better economic future and a better chance for a I, good I job than they would have had given him under time. another president. Now, let me, let me, you called on me, so let me finish. Truer words. Minus you know what? The you know what, John Fredericks. Have you know what? You know what, John, John Fredericks. John, until that last comment. Off, no, yeah, I'm going to cut speak? you off. Can we please cut him off? Can we take him off the screen? Can we take him? Can we get rid of John Fredericks? Thank you. 
First of all, I was going to let him speak until you doubly insulted me. I don't even need to respond to the lazy comment. I laid it all out in the thing. We can have this conversation, and we don't need someone who's going to make excuses. Yeah, Ben, and it was some tense moments as those students and the preacher debated the issue of abortion. Happened across the street as the students were leaving Riverside University High School. The preacher had a graphic abortion sign. They argued and debated for about 30 minutes. Then this. Nicholas Heald captures his attack on Facebook Live and his body camera. His associate also records. 30 minutes earlier. Jesus Christ is the only way to go to heaven. The street preachers. Guys, that's it. So there's a lot of stuff there. Can be very sensitive, very offensive. I hope you were paying attention to the thoughts that are at work underneath there. I need your help. We're going to identify these patterns of thinking. Don't focus on the issue. Focus on how people are thinking. I want you to start shouting out some characteristics. You're going to help me make this list. I did not make it. You're going to make it. Ready? Easily offended. Okay. Easily offended. Good. Anything else? What? Okay, oh, give me a shorter way. Close-minded, okay. Rigid. Rigid, obnoxious. Hyper-focused, okay. Okay. Oh, thank you. Silencing, that, that's a weird way to say that, but I'm going to go with it. Logical contradictions. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I'm trying to keep up. Forgive me. Violent, uninformed. Selfish, victim mindset. Ooh, okay. Victim mindset, brainwashed. There's a word. Uh, Angry. Was anyone angry in there? I don't know. All right, who else? Mob mentality. Mob mentality, okay. Yeah. Anti-God. Ooh, ain't that the truth. A lot, a lot going on there, yep. What else? Divisive. Divisive, absolutely. Narcissistic. Narcissistic, what does that mean? Self-centered, thank you. Prideful. Prideful, man, you guys are doing great. This is a good list. Assuming, sorry, there was a comment here. Intellectual dishonesty. Okay. Oh, you get such long words. Inconsistent. Inconsistent. Well, was there another one? Broken. Who said that? Okay, I, I like that. That's good. Prejudicial. Prejudicial. We're going to come back up here. Entitled. Okay. No. No. I don't know who said that. No. <laughs> okay, just kidding. <laughs> what? Anything else? That's a good one. Thank you for saying that. That's a very integral here. Absence of truth. Lost. That's a good one to remember, by the way. That's, that's a good one to remember. It's, a lot of times we think about this as us versus them. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be us Chasing them, pursuing them. Okay, what else? Deceptive. Deceptive, okay. All right. 
Is this a good list? Everybody happy? Agenda driven. I like it. We're going to take it. I'm just going to write agenda. Illogical. I think we have a couple forms of, of, of logical fallacy on here, but we're going to put this as like a general catch-all. What else? Okay, irrespective of truth. So we're going to say that here. We're going to say absence, but maybe irrespective can be lumped into there. That's a good one. What was it? Coercive? Yeah, okay. Coercive. You guys did a great job. Blind. Blind. Yes. Absolutely. Hurt? They're hurt. Yeah, a lot of them are, are really hurt. And thus, they're emotional. Emotional, they're sensitive. Maybe they're even emotionally driven. Yeah, unmet needs or desires, maybe. I would say desires even is more. What's that? Yeah, they could be. There could be a lot of broken backgrounds. This could be broken just in general. Devoid of absolutes, absence of truth. We'll throw the word absolute in there. We have deceived up here. Okay, I think this is a pretty good list. You guys did a great job. I'm really impressed. Now, looking at this list, these are just the mindset, so I'm glad you guys stayed away from the issues, because what do you see here? Is this list specific to woke agendas? No. So we're going to rebrand this forum. This is not woke mindsets. This is broke mindsets. All right? Because the reality is these, these patterns of thinking transcend woke issues. You watch seven minutes of like just back-to-back issues and discussions that were hammering away at your minds. But really, we're... Um, oh, just... Okay, so those of you that raised your hand who've had discussions on woke issues, raise your hand if you've ever seen one of these or multiple of these exhibited in the course of that discussion. Okay, that's, that's interesting. Almost everybody who raised their hand before. Let's, so let's, let's quickly move forward here. What are the consequences of a broke mindset? Well, I love this proverb. The reason I love it is because it's tasty and it's true. Okay? Oh, if you're vegan, close your eyes. This will offend you. <laughs> the end of an ox is beef. That's the delicious part. And the end of a lie is grief. And Proverbs 19.9 says that a false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. Well, why does that matter here? Because... Each of these mindsets here is seeking to accomplish one thing. Okay, they're all pointing here. And that is this. They're all seeking to protect the... Help me finish this. Lie, sure. I like that. I'm going to say narrative. And the reason I'm going to say that is because they don't think it's a lie. It's their truth. This is my truth. All of this is seeking to protect the narrative. But if there are a million falsehoods for every one truth, if there are a million false ways for every one way, then what we have to understand is that a broke mindset is basically trying to protect a narrative. It's trying to protect the lie. And a lie always leads to grief. And sometimes it doesn't lead to it here in this life, though many times it does. But it always leads to grief inevitably. All right, where else can we find these mindsets? Can we find them in our schools? These broken mindsets? Can we find them in the workplace? Can we find them in the pews? Can we find them in our homes? Well, of course we can, because ultimately, these broken mindsets are right here. They live in here. 
anywhere where we're going to have people, broken people, which we, are all, we were all broken since the fall of Adam and Eve. If you walked through scripture, you would see a lot of broken mindsets at play. And we saw a lot this morning in our class, if you were class K, and maybe a lot of you were talking about Abraham and you were talking about his whole journey to finally sacrifice his son Isaac and how broken his mind was and trying to rationalize and justify and I got to do this for the Lord and all of this. You see broken mindsets because we've had broken minds ever since the fall of man. And so wherever there are people, there is brokenness. Wherever there is brokenness, you have an environment destitute of righteousness, justice, and truth. And I'm going to give you a couple historical examples. We're going to start with something pretty extreme. Ready? Here's the first one. Okay, this is a picture of the American slave trade. Now, I know we're starting pretty, pretty strong here, right? We all agree that slavery, especially as was practiced in America with chattel slavery, was, is extremely reprehensible. But what's interesting here is that there were many people in the South who professed to be Christians who owned slaves. There were many people in the South who professed to be Christians who defended slavery. There were many pastors standing behind pulpits that, using the word of God, were justifying slavery. You can find all kinds of writings by pastors saying, slavery is good, it's how we civilize the savages. Slavery is good, it's the natural order of the black man. Is This is what he's, how he's supposed to live his life. And they use scripture to justify it. Well, you and I don't agree with this, but how do you have Christians on both sides of an argument? How do you, how do you have a mind that is that broken? Let's go one more. Let's go one worse. Well, I don't know if this is worse. Okay, we also agree that Nazis, the Nazis are pretty bad people, right? Well, here's the other interesting thing. You see this picture? That's an altar with a Bible on there. So the Nazis, they co-opted the German Christian churches, and not all of them. There were many Germans, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if you know of that name, very prominent German pastor who resisted the, the Nazi movement in Germany. But there were many German pastors who jumped on the Nazi bandwagon to support the regime, And they were preaching from their pulpits how Romans 13 says you should obey the government. Here comes Hitler. God put him in power. You should obey the government. And, I mean, we we don't agree with this. But how do you have Christians on both sides of this issue? And and how were minds that broken that they came to this conclusion? Some things to think about as we come to the next slide. All right. What are some contemporary issues that we discuss in the church today? We're moving away from woke issues. We're moving into issues that you and I may be talking about. Okay, I'm going to hit the next button, and there's going to be a bunch of issues that are going to float into the screen. Okay, some of these might be sensitive, maybe not. That guy has a great beard, in my opinion. Okay, so by show of hands, who here has had a discussion with somebody else on at least one of these issues? I don't want to see a single hand down, not a single one, even you in the back. You're probably like 10 years old. You still probably have, okay? All right. So let me ask another question. In the course of those conversations, who has seen at least one of these characteristics exhibited? Raise your hand on one of these issues. Okay, that's a lot of people. Ready? Who here is bold enough to admit that they themselves, and I'll be the first one to raise my hand, have exhibited a characteristic like this in the course of a conversation on one of these issues? Yeah. Brother, there's a reason I keep my distance from you. 
I love you from a distance. Okay, I appreciate your honesty. The truth is that we might think that some of these discussions, by the way, which um, are sensitive and personal and controversial, some of them shouldn't be even discussed. But they're taking place. Like, turning a blind eye to the fact that people are talking about these things is not going to solve the issue. They're happening. And this forum is not here to tell you what you ought to think about these issues. I'm not here to tell you what you ought to think. We're actually not even going to talk about these issues. Again, if you bring up an issue in specificity, I'm going to graciously but firmly shut you down because we're going the wrong direction. We're talking about what lives in between here. See, the reason I'm so passionate about the subject is because you and I cannot possibly be prepared for every conversation we're ever going to have. We're not going to sit down and detail out our opinions and all the evidence for every single conversation we can have. But if our minds are thinking in the right way, then we can be prepared to face whatever conversation may come if we, if we address how we think at its source. So I'm putting this up here because if any of these topics help you, I guess, have something tangible to hold on to, as we go through the sermon, or it's sermon, yeah, it's a sermon, I'm talking, through the forum, if it's something tangible for you to hold on to, something meaty, hold on to it in your mind for context, but we're not talking about these issues. We're actually talking about the way that we think about it. This is what we're doing. All right, so here's, here's what I've done. Broke versus renewed. Those of you that came to fight, you are, you're fighting, but you're not fighting someone else. It's not you versus them. You came here to fight yourself. That's what you came here to, that's who you came here to fight. Here's the, the broke, and it's, you know, broken, but broke because it, it rhymes with woke, okay? It's as clever as I can get. Broke and renewed categories. So these are the different mindsets. This is how I've kind of like distilled down some of my thoughts in a side-by-side that'll help you see. A broke mindset is, folk, the motivation is self-preservation. What do I mean by that? I don't mean that in the sense that we were created to take care of our bodies and whatever. I'm talking about a lot of the ideas that we have, our identity is framed around it. Those people in, those, in, those, in that woke video, their identities, the way they view themselves, the way they view reality is rooted on some of these ideologies. If you strip that away, you're, you're collapsing their house of cards. There is a motivation of self-preservation to resist changing what they think they know. This is the broke mindset, is I'm focused on preserving myself. My goal is to protect the narrative, because that's how I preserve myself. The perspective is a corrupted lens. It doesn't matter if what I'm looking through is true or not true. There is no truth. It's all relative anyway. That's your truth, but I have mine. Their attitudes, as we saw in the video, for many, like I said, these are the worst of the worst in some cases. Irrational, we have that up there. Self-deceiving, we have that up here. Proud, we have that up here. Antagonistic, we wrote that out in many ways. The renewed mindset, well, the motivation is to glorify God. It's not about me. It's about God. My goal in glorifying God is to seek truth. My perspective is is looking at things through the clear lens of God's word. And my, our attitudes should be rational, honest with oneself. I'm, I'm thinking of that song last night, that song, If We're Honest. We're supposed to be honest with ourselves, humble and gracious. All right, I need three volunteers for an activity we're going to do. Now, you have to be somewhat artistic, please. So raise your hand if you have an artistic eye. Come on. Even a little bit, even a little. Okay, Josh, I don't, I don't know. You're a doctor, aren't you? 
You have terrible handwriting. All right, come on up. Okay, wait, another Pitikaru. Can we get a third Pitikaru in here? Would all the Pitikarus please stand up? All right, I need one more. One more artist. Come on, one more, please. Somebody. You're gesturing at somebody. Who are you gesturing at? Zippy, come on, Zippy, come on down. You are voluntold. All right. So. Okay. Our contestants are here. Well, almost. Zippy, I'm going to give you... Well, actually, this isn't the same shade. It might clash with your dress. So I think I'm going to give this to Josh. I think he needs the crutch. And then... um, I think this is, this is fitting for you. Here you go. Okay, and you get nothing. But okay. here are our three contestants, okay? Here's what we're going to do. You see these three boxes on the whiteboard? You're probably wondering why they're here in the first place. It's because we have three different perspectives. And our friend Zippy here has a perspective. She is blind. She has no mirror. She represents those that have no truth to guide them. Now, Claudia has the perspective that is biased, and it's dirty, and it's corrupted. And so when she approaches the word, she's exercising something called eisegesis. She's putting her opinions into the scripture. So go ahead and start writing me, 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 me all over your mirror, okay? Just write me, 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 me all over. And Josh here is our noble, renewed man with the clear lens of God's word. He's going to need that crutch probably. And here's what you guys are going to do. You are going to, all three, face away from the board, and using your mirror, good luck to you, you're going to draw a picture in this box, okay? Now, I have not specified the picture, because I want, I want everyone to know this is not a trick. Somebody give me a picture for them to draw. It has to fit in this box in 30 seconds. Okay, house is a good one, but it's classic. Sunset's pretty good, but it's hard to get the shades right. I, I, I like this. This guy knows California. He's at a beach with a palm tree. We're doing that, Okay. Okay, so you're going to draw a beach. Imagine sands, waves, palm trees, sun, birds, maybe yourself, you know, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Okay, but I'll give you a minute. I'll give you one minute. Here, that's okay, Zippy. You're going to do great. Here, that's yours. I, have, I believe in you. Okay, good. So you wrote all over yours. That's good. This is yours. Josh, this is yours. And so you guys get to use the mirrors. So come here and stand here, Claudia. This is your box. You're drawing in here, but you're using the mirror. You have to face this way, and you're driving, drawing over your shoulder. And you're facing this way, and you're drawing... I'm facing this way? Yeah, you're drawing over your shoulder, <laughs> over your shoulder like that, okay? But you have to kind of guess, like, where your marker is in relation to... Oh. Don't worry. You're going to do great. What I mean by that is you're going to prove my point. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, you are drawing a beach with a palm tree, and just make it as California vibes as possible, okay? So face this way, draw on the box. You cannot look directly at the whiteboard, understand? Okay, you have one minute. I'm giving you a whole minute. Mark, get set, go. I accidentally gave you 115, so you have some grace, 115. You're doing great, just keep going. Just have faith in... I don't know what. (laughs) You're doing great. Doing amazing. This is probably better than if you were looking at the whiteboard. 40 seconds. 
<laughs> just kidding. It is tough. Yeah, you got to look in the mirror. You got to look in the mirror. Don't fail me, Josh. Don't let your sister outdo you, okay? All right, 15 seconds. It looks, it looks exactly like it. Three seconds. Two, one, stop. All right, so let's give our contestants a round of applause. Great job. All right, so this is always the risk of an activity like this is like, I want a certain outcome, but you just got to like give it over to the artists, you know? Oh, All right, who thinks that this one is the best? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Renee, that's a, you have to clap, huh? Who thinks this one's the best? All right. That wasn't supposed to happen, but it did. What do you think about this one? Not bad. Not bad. All right. Would, be honest, would you guess what this is if I didn't tell you? No, you wouldn't know. All right. Great job. Thank you for participating. You guys can have a seat. So um, the whole idea of this, which, again, you know, Josh, when he, he was, Josh was overestimating his abilities, you know. I, I'll bite my tongue in wisdom from adding to that comment, you know. So, um, but the whole idea of it is that when, we don't, when we're blind, um, obviously, we, we, can't really, we can't really find our way in truth, right? Like the scripture says, thy word is a light into my path. It's a lamp. It helps guide us. And so the whole idea is, theoretically, this was supposed to be worse than this one, but I actually think Claudia did an amazing job. Um, the idea is that when we're biased, generally speaking, it's harder to see clearly. And thus, it's, it's, it's easier for us to be led astray, for us to kind of end up in more brokenness and another mess. This is like the epitome of brokenness. This is like a, a, a broken light, you know, like 2% instead of whole. And then this is ideally supposed to be the renewed man. Let's go to the next slide. We're going to look at some scripture that talks about this. If you're colorblind, this slide is not going to make any sense to you. Because I probably should have chose different colors, but I will help you. I will point. When I point with my right hand, that's renewed. When I point with my left hand, this is broken. So we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, some verses, where Paul is doing this wonderful thing that he does when he's, when he's kind of arguing a position. He's doing like this back and forth discussion where he's hearkening back to who they were in their broken state, and he's appealing to them to walk in their renewed state. That's what he's doing. And watch, we're going to read through these verses. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over, so the result of this is lasciviousness, to work out all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him 
and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Isn't that amazing? I love that back and forth that Paul is, is writing about here between the broke man and the renewed man, the fallen man and the redeemed man. All right. Putting on the mind of Christ. Here's some other verses we're going to look at. First, um, Corinthians 2, 14 through 16 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Why? Why can't he know them? Because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Romans 12, 1 through 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Philippians 2, 5 through 8, and then 14 through 16. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Let's look at a couple of characteristics here from these verses. The mind of Christ is spiritually minded, not earthly minded. Number two, it proves the good and acceptable perfect will of God. It proves the will of God, not, it does not prove my own will. Number three, it is humble. It is not proud. And we see in these verses in Philippians that we are called to be blameless, though we're surrounded by so much perversion. We're supposed to be shining as lights in the world. And we're called to hold the word of life firmly and forward. So let's get to the practical aspect of this, this form, which is how can I identify and address these mindsets within myself? Because we talked about these things here, and the question is really, if I'm honest with myself, I sometimes fall into thinking in this way. I have a broken way of thinking. Why? Because I'm contending with the flesh. But how can I identify and address these mindsets within myself? And that's really where it begins. It's easy to, it's, it's easy to notice this in someone else, isn't it? It's even easier when you disagree with the person. So imagine you agree with someone and you see this, 
there's like a good 60% chance you're going to notice, okay? If you disagree with them, there's like a 95% chance you're going to notice. If it's, in, if it's within you and I, there's like a 30% chance we're going to notice. But this is where it begins is within myself. So I have a couple of thoughts here. The first is that the attitude of our heart. So let's first talk about attitude and then we'll talk about practical steps. I, I call it the three H's. The first H is humility. It takes a great deal of humility to see this within myself. The second is honesty. This follows humility. I can't be honest with myself and be proud. That doesn't happen. But it's about honesty. It's about being able to humble myself and realize that I am prone to brokenness, to humble myself before God, and then I have to have the honesty to examine myself. And what am I going to find? Am I going to find something that validates me and authenticates me? Or am I going to find something that maybe looks a little bit broken? The third H is I need a hunger for the truth. This cannot define you and I. Protecting the narrative. I mean, you, it can. Is, is the narrative true? Protect it. What if it's a lie? You still going to protect it? The third H is hunger for the truth. If your version of truth is different than God's truth, then let God be true and every man a liar. That's what Paul writes in Romans chapter 3. In order to seek the truth, you and I have to trust. We talked about trust in today's Bible class, didn't we? We have to trust. Why? We have to trust that God's version of truth is better than our own. That's the first thing I had to do before I was converted. I had my own version of truth. But that didn't change after I was converted, where now I know the whole truth. I have to trust that God's version of the truth is better than my own. Sometimes this is actually very difficult to do. Hold on, sorry, this mouse is not working. So we have to be like the Bereans. You guys remember the Bereans? Yes. The Bereans, Paul writes about, uh, not Paul, I'm sorry, probably Luke, in Acts, writes about the Bereans who heard the word of God, but as written about them, it says they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why? Those in Thessalonica, they heard the word, they received it with all joy and gladness. Wait a minute, how can anyone be more noble than that? Well, writing about the Bereans, they heard the word. They didn't reject it, they heard it. And they said, well, you know what? I heard the gospel, but now I got to go actually search the scriptures, which the scriptures at the time was the Old Testament canon, the Tanakh. They were like, it has to, it has to line up with God's existing revelation. If it doesn't, I'm going to reject it. And they weren't called, ah, you're doubters, you're questioners. They were called more noble. Because their trust was in the word of God. Next slide. How about some practical measures? So, the first thing is advanced preparation. How can I practically identify these mindsets within myself? We have to, we have to be working on cultivating, and well, actually, when I say we, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, but we have to give place for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to cultivate the mind of Christ in advance. If you and I wait until an issue comes, we're going to be, we can easily be riled up. We can be emotional. We can allow those emotions to affect our way of thinking as opposed to the other way around. So imagine the marker is the issue, okay? Well, if, if before the marker comes, I'm in the word and I'm praying and I'm seeking truth and I want to put on the mind of Christ, then when the marker comes, 
I'll be as ready as I can be for it. But if I'm just living my life in la-la land and I wait for the marker, the issue to come my way and it's banging me in the head and now I'm like, how do I think about this? I don't know how to think about it. But it really hurts. And I actually can't really focus right now and I'm getting a little emotional. Like It actually did hurt after a while, to be honest with you. (laughs) The point is advanced preparation. You and I cannot wait until an issue arises to seek truth and put on the mind of Christ. We need a strong prayer relationship with the Lord. You and I cannot trust the Lord without having a strong prayer relationship. And we need the proper study of God's word. I throw the word proper in there. I'm not just going to tell you study God's word. I'm going to say do it properly. What does that mean? I'll give you two words that are big words. That They're just big words. But the first is solid hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is how you interpret something. Okay, Men, we're bad at this. Our wives give us a message and they're trying to tell us something. And our hermeneutics are so bad we think that she actually meant something else. She said, go to this. She said, oh, we're really low on milk. You're like, wow, that, that stinks. I, I hope she gets milk next time she goes out shopping. <laughs> Bad hermeneutics. She's sending you a message. The message is, get your butt off the couch. Go to the store and buy me some milk. That's solid hermeneutics. You, un- you interpret, you understand the message. The second one is good exegesis. This word is drawing the conclusion from the word, not putting your conclusion into the word. These two things, proper study of God, God's word is good hermeneutics and exegetical conclusions. And really, for the, raise your hand if you're Serbian. Oh, that's actually a good number. Dude, this guy is like falling asleep and he still raised his hand. That's, that's when you know how Serbian you are. I love you, man. I love you. All right. We have this song in Serbian. It's called Chitaj Pismo Moli Svakidan. Right? This is a kid's song. Read your Bible, pray every day. It really comes down to the fundamentals. I didn't come here to bring you something new. I came here to remind you of something you already know. But how often do we get taken off course? All right. Oh, this is, this is a harder one here. How can I identify and address these mindsets in other people? Well, here's another attitude of heart. Not three H's, three G's. The first one is graciousness. Graciousness. If I'm humble, then I understand that I am prone to a broken mind. So I'm going to extend grace to you, realizing that, hey, in this conversation that I'm having with Brother Brad, you know, he has a little bit of a broken mind, you know, but I'm going to extend grace to him because I know that I'm prone to brokenness too. So I'm not going to come down all hard on him or criticize him or accuse him. The second one, the second G is gentle confrontation. You see, we actually do need to kind of confront one another. Why? Here's a quote from Francis Schaeffer. He says, truth carries with it confrontation. Truth actually demands confrontation. Loving confrontation, but confrontation nevertheless. If our reflex action is always accommodation regardless of the centrality of the truth involved, there is something wrong. Truth demands confrontation, gentle, loving confrontation, but it absolutely does. And here's the third G. You have a goal of gaining. And I cheated. There's actually two Gs in there. Goal of gaining. Goal of gaining. That's the attitude of heart before we identify these mindsets and others. But can we? Sure we can. But our hearts need to be in the right place first. Here's some practical things. If you're having a conversation with somebody and you see that their mindset, how they're thinking about something is broken, and you want to address them, the first thing is let cool heads prevail. 
Okay? In the heat of the moment of emotion is not the time you're going to be able to gently convince somebody that they're, that they're, that they're kind of thinking about it in the wrong way. So let cool heads prevail. It's hard to be gracious or gentle in the heat of the moment. The second one is be gentle but be direct. Don't ignore the issue, but be gentle and be direct. You can very, you can very really, like, you can really go, Brother Dave, I'm going to pick on you because I can. Brother Dave, I love you. And, you know, but the way you're thinking about this issue right here, I understand your mindset, you know, you're thinking about it in this way, but you really need to think about this too. Or can you and I talk about this? That we can be gentle, but we can be direct. And we actually should, as opposed to shying away from an issue. We can be gentle, we can be direct. Because ambiguity, we, sometimes we want to beat around the bush. That has the potential to make things way worse. Okay? All of a sudden, they're inferring what you mean. Ah, maybe Mickey meant this. Maybe he meant that. Maybe he's mad. Maybe he doesn't like me. Whatever. Don't be ambiguous. Be gentle, but be direct. Here's the third one. Please, don't beat the dead horse. Okay? It's so common for you and I to think like, every time I come to this brother's house, I just feel like I need to tell him he's wrong about this thing. We've talked about it 30 times. He doesn't get it. He'll get it the 31st time. (laughs) That's good. He said he can't help it. He's Serbian. Wait a minute. Is that true? Are you really? Oh, the shot's fired. Shot's fired. Can I, hey, I need some Delches to escort this guy out. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. So... So the whole idea is we feel like we need, like, if I just say it again, I'm going to convince the person. Look, at some point, you share the truth. You're gentle, you're direct, you're gracious, you're loving. If they're not listening, sometimes what's needed is time. How many of us did it take time for the Holy Spirit to work through a comment that a brother or sister made to us for us to realize in our hearts that we were wrong about something? We didn't get it in the moment. We didn't get it one week later, not a month later, maybe not a year later, but eventually, and I, I can testify to this, we came across, like, you know what? Brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so was right. So give it some time. Here's the last one. Don't meet brokenness with brokenness, okay? Machiavelli was wrong. The ends do not justify the means. And sometimes I see this mindset where it's like, you know, you and I are disagreeing on an issue and so I'm just, I'm going to start pulling these things in because I want to convince you of my position because it's, it's more important that you come to the conclusion I want you to come to, even if it's true. Parents, have we ever done that before? We're just, our children are going the wrong way. They're making the wrong decisions and we have a propensity like I got to use whatever tool I can. I just need to stop them from going the wrong way. I need them to, to get to the right destination and I don't care how they get there. The problem is brokenness, meeting brokenness, What, does that fix itself somehow? It's not like two puzzle pieces coming together. It makes a bigger mess. I personally believe, so I'm going to say something, you may disagree, and that's fine. I personally believe that if someone comes to the right conclusion through the wrong means, that that's, I'm not, I'm not satisfied. If somebody comes to the right conclusion through the wrong means, I'm not satisfied. You know why? Because all it's going to take is a confrontation with someone else to start overturning their method of thinking and their system of logic, and they're going to completely abandon their position. It's important that you and I get to the right destination using the right minds. And so here we are. We're on the second slice of bread of the sandwich. Okay? And we're back at the destination. This is the conclusion and the summary of the entire forum, basically. The thinking of this world, whether it's relating to woke issues, whether it's relating to vaccines, whether it's relating to whatever... Is it just tends to be broken. 
Okay, we see it all over the internet. My goodness, the internet is a place where people are like vomiting their brokenness onto the page. But though it's fluid and ever-changing, the truth is that you and I can be affected by by this way of thinking. We can carry it home with us, and we shouldn't. We can carry it into how we view the church. We shouldn't. We can carry it into how we view scripture. That's really bad. But the point is that our brokenness can manifest in different ways. And we can be influenced by that, but we must anchor our minds on the word of God because it is true, eternal, never changing, and this can only be accomplished by putting on the mind of Christ. All right, I'm going to put one more slide up, and I'm not even going to talk to it. Not because of time, but because this forum is based on how we ought to think. Now, how you and I think will ultimately manifest in a conversation, okay? And that conversation, we may sometimes disagree over an issue. Take a photo of it if you want to look at it later. The way we think will manifest into a conversation. This forum was not about how to discuss. It was about how to think. It's about anchoring our minds under the word of God. It's about what mindsets to avoid. It's about putting on the mind of Christ. But when it comes to the time where your thoughts turn into words and your words cross paths with someone else's words and you have a discussion and you find yourself disagreeing, this slide, I, I, can't, I can't leave it out. It's so critical. How should we as Christians disagree? Here are some general guidelines. I hope that they're somewhat, success, somewhat helpful. I've run out of time. It's 11.42. So thank you all for coming. I appreciate your time, your attention, your support, and God bless you. Thank you.